0: what's happening everybody justin bridgewater's finest on youtube blockbuster underscore guy on twitter and welcome to week two of my weekly nfl pick show for the 2017 2018 nfl season week one finished off last night with a pair of excellent monday night games to cap off a really interesting week it just in the whole lexicon of of the history of the nfl We had a game postponed because of the hurricane. We had a number of underdogs win their games straight up. If you have me on Snapchat, of course, BWF underscore 902. This morning, I just let you in on the rule of four, which we've talked about on this show before, which is a rule that states at least four spread underdogs win their games straight up pretty well every single week. That has about a 90% success rate, over the last five years as i've been doing this so always keep that in mind when you are betting on some nfl make sure you sprinkle in some spread underdogs there to win their game straight up but it was a really interesting week and it was an interesting week for my picks from week one as well in some areas i think it was really successful in another area tremendously bad so let's start with the success Straight up, I was 10 and 5. You never complain about a week that you get to double digit wins straight up, especially when what was supposed to be a 16 game week becomes a 15 game week because of the game that was postponed due to the hurricane. So I went 10 and 5 straight up. That has me, of course, 10 and 5 on the season. Against the spread, we hit 500. We were 8 and 7 against the spread, which look, I'm not going to stand here and beat my chest about 8 and 7, but 8 and 7 is better than 7 and 8. So, we're going to take 8 and 7 as a victory against the spread. Over under? Boy, it's better. I I really hope. I feel bad for anybody that's really like hardcore tracking my picks this week just because of the over under numbers. Let's put it this way. If you had bet the exact opposite, of everything that I said over-under last week, you'd have gone 11-3-1. That would have been a tremendous over-under week. Unfortunately, I'm on the other end of that. I only went 3-11-1 and one on the over-under. We got a push in the over-under of the late game, la- or no, sorry, the early game last night, uh, New Orleans-Minnesota game, pushed with exactly 48 points. But look, I only got three of them right with a push. That is, um, that's bad. There's no way to sugarcoat that. That's just plain bad. And I sit here and solemnly promise you that I will be better. Maybe not this week upcoming, but yeah, you never know. Taking a look at the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks from week one, we'll start with the bronze pick, which was the pick that I was actually the least successful with last year, but was the most successful with in week one. For the bronze pick, I told you to take Minnesota to beat the Saints. They did so last night in the early game. Pretty convincing 10-point win, 29-19. Sam Bradford looked excellent in that game. It was an against-the-spread win, as I told you to take Minnesota, minus 3.5 points. And that's the one, again, that we pushed on over-under, scoring exactly 48 points, which was the total that I gave you on Tuesday. So we push on the over-under. The silver pick, I absolutely missed. I completely whiffed on the silver pick last week. I told you to take Washington to beat Philadelphia. Thought it was a good position for them to be in. They lose that game 17-30, to which was really 17-23. to I really do think the Redskins kind of got screwed over on that uh, strip sack scoop and score by, I believe it was Fletcher Cox. I really do think that ball had left Kirk Cousins' hand, which would have indicated a forward pass, which would have meant that it was an incomplete pass rather than a fumble, which was then recovered and scored by Fletcher Cox so I really do think the Redskins kind of got the short end of the stick there but Philadelphia overall was the better team we're probably going to win the game anyway I just kind of feel bad for Cousins and the Redskins so Washington loses that game 30 to 17 wasn't against the spread loss as I told you to go Washington minus one in that game and it was an over under loss because I told you to go over 47 and a half points and they get to exactly 47. The gold pick and the platinum pick, I both missed the betting picks on those, but got victories with them straight up, so I guess at the end of the day, we'll take that. The gold pick, I told you to take Atlanta over Chicago, that worked out, Atlanta beats them 23-17, to and in the platinum pick, I told you to go Pittsburgh over Cleveland, that works out, the score does not indicate that this game was, the score seems to say that the game was closer than it actually was. Uh, I was, at no point was I in fear of Pittsburgh losing this game, but Pittsburgh only wins that game by a field goal, 21 to 18, because I can't understand what Pittsburgh was trying to do on the offensive side of the ball but we'll get more into that a little bit later they were both against the spread losses the gold and the platinum because i told you to go atlanta minus seven they win the game by six told you to go pittsburgh minus nine they would have gotten that had cleveland not got their last touchdown but doesn't work that way so pittsburgh minus nine that was a loss as well and on the over-unders i told you to go over both of those numbers 51 in the atlanta chicago game and 47 in the pittsburgh cleveland game and neither of those numbers work out for me so three and one straight up with the platinum gold silver and bronze picks which is fine Only one and three against the spread. The only one I got was, of course, the bronze pick. And oh, three and one over under. Holy cow, Justin, you need to be better. Let's take a look at both the Bridgewater's Finest private pick 'em as well as the Hatbox private pick 'em. In mine, the Bridgewater's Finest, the straight up private pick 'em, confidence points, all that fun stuff. I currently sit in eighth place out of 33 pick sets. Got 87 out of 120 points in week one that's a clip of 73 percent there's nothing wrong at all with 70 percent that's usually around the season clip that winds up winning the thing so 87 out of 120 in week one 73 percent we'll definitely take it shout out to our week one winner and overall leader of course as we're only past week one 69 king Now, 69 King went 12 and 3 in week one straight up, an excellent week one with 105 out of 120 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 88%. It's an excellent week one, and they are the overall leader and the week one winner. So shout out to 69 King for winning the week and leading the league. We'll pop over to Hatbox's pick 'em now, which of course is just a straight, straight up pick 'em. No confidence points, just wins and losses. I currently sit tied for fourth place out of 37 pick sets in that league with my 10 and 5 straight up record. In week one, so 10 wins out of the 15 games. That's a clip of 67%, which is fine by me. Shout out to our week one winner and overall leader. It's his league, it's Hatbox's picks. He also went 12 and three in week one. So he's got 12 out of the 15 games picked correctly. That is a clip of 80% and nobody can sneeze at 80%. So shout out to Hatbox's picks for winning week one and being the overall leader of his own pick'em league and shout out to 69 King for winning week one and being the overall leader of the Bridgewater's Finest straight up pick'em pool. And while we're here, we might as well take a quick peek into Fantasy Corner, see how my four fantasy football teams fared in week one, the first week of competition. I like to think it was a pretty successful week. I went three and one across my four fantasy teams. And what we're going to do is talk just specifically for a minute about my Dynasty Fantasy Football League and the YouTube Prognosticators Dynasty Fantasy Football League. So we'll talk about those leagues each and every week. Starting with my private, The Professionals, Dynasty Fantasy Football, I had a win in week one against the Tomorrowland Movers, who is Chris Carter, Hatbox Kid, Hatbox Nation, make sure you subscribe. So I had a win against him in week one, fairly convincing win to start off the season 1-0. and Week two, I got a matchup against Max Maniacs. It's a projected, fairly comfortable win, but as everybody knows, anything can happen in fantasy football. We pop over to the NFL YouTube Prognosticators, Dynasty Fantasy Football League. I took the L, that was my only L in week one, took the loss against Ryan C. So I'm 0 1 in that league starting off, not on the best of foot, but hey, it's a long season and a long franchise week two i have a matchup with geo knows fantasy obviously of the famed geo knows youtube channel that's a projected win for me but it's very close it's within a couple of points i believe in terms of the projections anyway so that's an absolute coin flip anything can happen And I'll take this opportunity, as always, to let you know that if you go to the description of the video file on YouTube, or you go to the description of the audio file on SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever you happen to get your podcasts, you're going to find all of my results from week one, you're going to find all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week two, you're going to find information on joining both the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool for season six, as well as the Hatbox Pick'em Pool. There's information in there to join those. Make sure you join up. Put your picks up head-to-head against mine, Hatbox, Geo Knows, Billy B. There's all kinds of people in there, so make sure you get in there. You're going to find the link to join the Hatbox Nation. Subscribe to the Hatbox Nation YouTube channel. My first piece of content for them from the season the finest nfl parlays nearly hit 100 views which was pretty comfortable on a brand new channel so that was nice thank you very much if you took the time to go over and the subscriber base went up i think by at least five or six just from the beginning of the week right through to the end of week one Make sure you go subscribe to that channel. You're also going to find information to join the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page. We get on there. We talk football every day of the week. Make sure you get in there. You're going to find information and links to your other favorite NFL YouTube Prognosticators, high-quality NFL YouTube Prognosticators that get out there and do this every single week. All of that information is in the description below. With the housekeeping out of the way, the weekly housekeeping, let's get to the week two picks. We're going to kick things off in Cincinnati, where the Houston Texans are going to be coming to town to take on the Bengals. This is a matchup of the two worst offenses from week one. These two teams combined to only score seven points. Cincinnati got shut out. Houston only put up one touchdown in their game as well. That was It was just a bad week for both of these teams. Now Houston having to now sort of take not only the loss on the football field, but take the loss of like, everybody was so pumped about, you know, we're, we're back to playing football after the hurricane and, and all that rah, rah, you know, sort of thump your chest. We are Houston, all that stuff. They go in and they put up a terrible effort let's just let's call a spade a spade it was not a good effort and they got blown out by a what looked like a much superior team and houston's problems what a shock began and ended at the quarterback position tom savage lasted what the first half before they put in Deshaun Watson guess what Deshaun Watson should have been your starting quarterback right from the get-go so Deshaun Watson comes in he immediately throws a touchdown pass to DeAndre Hopkins geez who'd have thought maybe you should start throwing to DeAndre Hopkins a little bit more and you might have some more success that was of course their only touchdown of the game I hope I hope Deshaun Watson has won this starting quarterback job I really really do so they're going to go in and play Cincinnati, who got basically embarrassed by the Baltimore Ravens, completely outclassed. It looked like a Pop Warner team playing an NFL team. Andy Dalton with three interceptions in, I believe, the first half alone. Baltimore's defense just absolutely dominated the Bengals. Now, the difference here is going to be obviously that A, Cincinnati's at home, They're against a not-great road team, if memory serves me correctly. Houston was a really good home team last season, but really not that good on the road. So Houston, obviously, they feel like they've got something to prove here. But objectively, I think from top to bottom, Cincinnati is probably the better football team. So I'm going to give it to the Bengals. I like Cincinnati at home to beat Houston. There are also question marks around J.J. Watt's availability. So obviously, that certainly plays a role. On the line, the Bengals are favored by five points at home. That's a little too much for me for a team that just got shut out last week. I mean, look, a point and a half, two and a half points, something like that. I'd be all over it. Five points, a little too much for me. I think this is going to be a low scoring game. So in a low scoring game, it definitely favors the underdog and certainly by more than a field goal. So I'm actually going to tell you to go Houston plus five in this one because look honestly let's face it Houston could also win this game so let's uh, let's go with Houston plus five the line the total in this game is 38 points honestly I think it's going to stay under these are two really bad offenses certainly from the first week Houston is a very good defense capable of being an elite defense Cincinnati's defense is fine and certainly they're not playing any prized pig on offense on the other side so 38 points, it's a low total, but I'm going to tell you to go under 38 points in Houston, Cincinnati. Let's go to Kansas City now, where the Chiefs, fresh off one of the biggest upsets of Week 1 by knocking off the defending champion New England Patriots in New England, are now going to come home to the friendly confines to play the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, as I mentioned, the Eagles, a big surprise for me from Week 1. Their defense looked really good washington's offense did not look very good in that game but it was also it, it was it was 50 50 it was washington's offense didn't look great and it was philadelphia's defense made washington's offense not look great now philadelphia took a pretty nasty injury there in the secondary cornerback ronald darby with an injury that looked like his ankle just exploded and his just foot fell off like that was oh my god that was brutal But it looks like he's going to avoid surgery. It was just a dislocation. It looked a lot worse than what it was. So it looks like he's going to avoid surgery. But he's going to be out for quite some time with a dislocated ankle. So that definitely hurts Chiefs on offense, they looked incredible in week one. Kareem Hunt, what a coming out party for this rookie. Just one in a line of really good rookie running back performances in week one. It was really interesting, and I mentioned this to the guy I was watching the games with last night, where last year you had Zeke Elliott, right? You had Zeke Elliott, who just had this phenomenal performance in week one and then all season long. This year, you've legitimately got, well, let's see, you got Leonard Fournette You've got Dalvin Cook just set the Vikings rookie record for home opener or something like that took that away from Adrian Peterson. And you've got Kareem Hunt. So there's look there's there's three at least really good rookie running backs who had incredible performances in week 1 and I get the feeling that's going to continue here. It's going to be Kareem Hunt's first taste of playing a regular season home game in Kansas City in front of that incredible crowd. One of the biggest home field advantages in the NFL. Philadelphia, their defense, as I said, it looked good. They were not good on the road last year. This is back-to-back road games to start the season for the Eagles. I don't like Philly in this spot, but look, Carson Wentz looked great in week one. Like He looked incredible in week one looks like he's really taken a step forward it'll be interesting to see how he operates against the Chiefs secondary that I don't think I'm shocking anybody by saying is probably better than the Redskins secondary so it'll be interesting to see how Wentz reacts to that reacts to being in Kansas City I think it's lined up here for the Chiefs to start the season 2-0 and so that's the way I'm gonna go I like the Chiefs straight up at home to beat the Eagles On the line, Chiefs come into this game favored by four and a half points. And had they not put up the performance in week one that they did, I might balk at that one a little bit. It seems like a couple too many points against a good defense and an offense that played well in week one. But I'm actually going to go Kansas City minus four and a half here. It's less than a touchdown. They really impressed me on the road. They're going to come home. It's obviously, as I mentioned, a favorable situation to be in. Coming home, one of the biggest home field advantages in football, as I just mentioned. So I like Kansas City, minus four and a half. Total in this game is 47 and a half. I'm going to tell you to stay under on it. Kansas City can play some defense. Philly, as they displayed last week, can play some defense. And maybe I didn't give their defense quite enough credit because they looked fast and good in week one of course they did last year too but against you know worse competition 47 and it's too high for me i'm going to tell you to stay under 47 and points in kansas city philadelphia let's go to new orleans now where the saints are going to head home after their opening week loss in minnesota and they get the angriest man in football for the last i don't know maybe three years or so well i mean there's colin kaepernick but probably the angriest man actively playing on an NFL team right now. And that is Tom Brady after the Patriots got utterly embarrassed on Thursday night football that had that's nothing short of an embarrassment in front of their home crowd when they display their banner and they have this huge, we are the Patriots and we are the best pregame, obviously with all the stuff that they're doing. And then they come out and they put up that performance, especially on the defensive side of the ball, in the opening week at home against a team that is good but they should beat now look obviously julian edelman's injury really hurts dante hightower's injury basically their only uber talented linebacker he gets hurt that killed that defense in the second half of that game i'm assuming the defense is going to be better this week the saints had a good game in minnesota the offense didn't look great but You know, Minnesota's defense, especially in the secondary, is really, really good. So it's kind of understandable. But Tom Brady playing angry is terrifying. So you have to go New England in this game. Even though they're on the road, the Saints, pretty decent home team. And I don't like the fact that I now have the Saints starting the season 0-2, but I think that's the way it's going to go. I like the Patriots straight up to beat the Saints. On the line, Patriots are only favored in this game by four and a half points. Now, I understand they're on the road, and if this game was in New England, this line would probably be closer to minus seven or minus eight. But, I mean, anytime you get the Patriots favored by less than a touchdown, I think you take that. So, New England minus four and a half, it's not too, too many for me. Because, look, Breeze and the Saints offense is good, and I think they're definitely going to put up points. But they didn't look polished we'll put it that way in week one and i'll be really interested to see what kind of a role adrian peterson plays in week two after being visibly upset with sean payton in particular with his role in week one but you gotta like the patriots here minus four and a half on the road that's the way i'm going to go with it total in this game is 54 take the over i mean we don't know that the patriots are going to be able to play defense at all so in the matchup of Tom Brady versus Drew Brees and two defenses that are suspect, you got to take, I would. I think I would have taken over 64 in this total, but 54, I'll totally take the over on that in New Orleans, New England. Let's go to the Steel City now where the Steelers are going to play host to the one and o Minnesota Vikings, picking up that win last night on Monday Night Football. Pittsburgh picked up the win as well, but as we mentioned before, they only won their game by three points and... I don't get what the Steelers were doing on offense. I really don't. Every offensive series for the Steelers seemed to be so Roethlisberger would get the ball and he would immediately turn to his left and fire it to whatever wide receiver happened to be there. Most of the time it was Antonio Brown. I think he had something like 11 or 12 catches. But it was they they weren't trying to stretch the field virtually at all. And I can't think that it was out of fear. I can't think that they feared... The Cleveland secondary like the Cleveland secondary I think is adequate but by no means like they're not the Giants right like they're not one of the elite secondaries in football or anything but then again when you look at what they were doing they had the one player their one safety playing like 25 yards off the line at all times so basically just playing like one person prevent that game was just that. What I watched of that game was mind boggling. So, I don't, we don't really know what Pittsburgh has. We do know they're going to be in a very favorable situation moving at home to Heinz Field. They've won at least their last three games in a row, regular season games in Heinz Field. It's a good situation for them. Vikings looked very impressive. Vikings are going to be playing a better defense this week than they did last week. I gotta go with the Steelers here. The line in this game is really interesting, but I like the Steelers by virtue of the fact that they're at home. I can't wait to see Antonio Brown versus Xavier Rhodes. That is going to be, oh, that's going to be such a good matchup. I you, You'll want to just put a camera on them. Screw whatever else is happening in the game. Just put a camera on those two guys. But I'm going to take the Steelers here at home to beat the Vikings. But like I mentioned, the line in this game is really interesting. The Steelers are favored by a full touchdown, which that doesn't make any sense to me at all. The Vikings defense just held Drew Brees and the Saints offense to under 20 points, whereas Pittsburgh only put up 21 points against Cleveland. The math here does not add up to me at all. Jump all over Minnesota plus seven. This is a game that the Vikings could win. Like, they could conceivably win this game. Dalvin Cook might be able to run through that Steelers defense. It'll be interesting to see. The Steelers run defense, I think, looked fairly good against Isaiah Crowell and the Browns, but seven points is way too many in this situation for two good football teams going up against each other. Minnesota plus seven all day, every day. Total in this game is 45 points. I'm actually going to tell you to stay under on it because, like I said, the Vikings defense, very good in week one pittsburgh's offense mind-boggling in week one as to what the hell they were doing so 45 points i gotta play it safe and stick with the under there i think it's a relatively close game that pittsburgh does win at home under 45 in pittsburgh minnesota let's go to tampa bay now where the bucks obviously with that enforced week one bye week again i really don't like how that whole situation played out but Tampa Bay now gets to finally open their season and they get to open their season at home against the Chicago Bears. Now, Chicago, look, Chicago not necessarily made me a believer, but Chicago impressed me by not only beating the spread of minus six and a half or minus seven against a high-powered Atlanta Falcons offense who were the NFC champions last year, but just being competitive in that game just uh, honestly that game could have been a blowout but the fact that they only won the game by six and had to come up with a defensive stand late in the game in order to win that game Chicago was in the position to win that football game what an upset that would have been they were in position to do that now granted they were at home and here's part of my problem and here's the reason why I'm on the Bucks all day in this football game. I like Tampa Bay to beat Chicago at home. Chicago was right up there with, I believe, Cleveland as the worst road team in football last season. They did not win on the road last year. One of only two teams with Cleveland to not win a football game on the road last season. So you can't pick Chicago in this game as far as I'm concerned because you don't know what you're gonna get from Chicago Away from Soldier Field. Chicago put up a respectable 301 yards on the Falcons defense in week one, including rushing for a buck 25 between Jordan Howard and this really impressive new running back that they have. When you can come out with a two-headed monster of Jordan Howard and this new guy, Tariq Cohen, who averaged over 13 yards a carry. He only touched the ball five times rushing, but he also added 47 yards receiving on eight catches. He was targeted 12 times. He was targeted double what any other Bears receiver was targeted in that game against Atlanta. And the Falcons clearly were not ready for that. So if they can pull out a two-headed monster here of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, the Bears are going to be competitive in pretty much every game they're in this season. Now, the Bucks, on the other hand, obviously, right now, along with Miami, are the ultimate, we don't even know what we have here because we didn't get to play week one. So that is worth taking into consideration. You don't really know what you're gonna get from this Bucks team that now has to face 16 consecutive weeks of football. So that'll be really interesting to see what happens there with the Bucks. But again, I gotta go with my gut, Chicago not a good road team. In fact, a bad road team, I don't think it's unfair to call them. So I like the Bucks here at home to beat Chicago. On the line, Bucks are favored by six and a half points. That's tough to take, but it is under a touchdown, and I think the Bucs offense is going to be really good this year. So maybe slightly against my better judgment, I am going to go Tampa Bay minus six and a half at home against Chicago. Got to see what the Bears are going to be able to bring on the road. Total in this game is 43. I'm going to tell you to go over on it because look, Chicago's offense looked fine. Tampa Bay's offense I think is going to be really good. Both defenses are kind of middling, not spectacular but not utterly terrible so I mean look 43 points it's a relatively low number I'm going to tell you to go over 43 points in Tampa Bay Chicago let's go to Carolina now where the Panthers are going to play host to the Buffalo Bills in a matchup of two teams that utterly dominated inferior competition in week one Carolina with a huge win over San Francisco I believe it was 20 to 3 or something along those lines Uh, that certainly blew my big upset pick for week one out of the water but you know what it is what it is and of course buffalo who went out and certainly controlled the new york jets for the majority of their game without really looking spectacular though the one place that the bills did look spectacular was on the ground probably no surprise but the bills put up a buck 90 on the ground against the jets in week one that's an incredible showing though they did only get 21 points out of it mostly because they only put up 218 through the air with tyrod taylor but look 190 yards rushing obviously you're not going to get that every week but holy cow what a statement to start the season with the run game for the bills on the other hand carolina if you look at their run defense they only gave up 51 yards rushing to the 49ers now look they didn't 49ers that is didn't exactly have a great offensive game they only put up 217 yards Carolina the secondary looked fine the run defense looked really good they only gave up the field goal If you're being honest with yourself, you got to say that there's a bit of a concern there with the Carolina pass game. Newton only putting up 171 yards through the air, so that is going to be a question mark for sure, but I do like Carolina here. I think it's a good situation for them. They were a much better home team last year, obviously, than they were on the road. I like Carolina in this one. I'm going to go with the Panthers to beat the Bills in Carolina. On the line, however, this is another really interesting line. Carolina's favored by a full touchdown here against Buffalo, and I don't think the offense that Carolina put up against a truly inferior opponent... In week one, justifies the fact that they could be favored by a touchdown against anybody but maybe that same opponent or a team of the same caliber. I don't think the Bills and the 49ers are on the same level. So the fact that Carolina is favored by a touchdown here, it's too many for me. Buffalo could sneak in as the underdog and win this game. I think you should play it safe here, and I'm going to be taking Buffalo plus seven against the spread. Total in this game is 42.5 points, and based on the offenses from week one, I mean, it it would be right around this number if they put up similar performances, but I am going to tell you to go over on it. I think there will be some defensive holes that these two teams are going to be able to take advantage of. I don't see their offensive production taking huge dips from week one, so I'm going to tell you to go over 42.5 points in Carolina-Buffalo. Let's go to jacksonville now where the jags are going to be at home playing host to the tennessee titans jags obviously big win in week one that dominant win against the houston texans in houston mind you the titans coming off a loss against oakland to open the season in that oakland tennessee game despite the fact that the yardage numbers were very very close Oakland translated that yardage into 26 points, whereas Tennessee only translated it into 16. Interesting as well, Tennessee only put up 95 yards on the ground. That is a little different for them. They're, I think, believed to be a run-first team. Now look, decent day for Mariota, 255 through the air, But having them only put up 95 yards on the ground, should I say only, but 95 yards as a team, I would have thought that their run game would have been better than that. That's only sitting as the number 12 run performance as a team in football in week one. That's also right around the number of total overall rush yards that the Jags gave up in week one. Against Houston, but the Jags' secondary was on it. They were on Tom Savage immediately, pretty much on Deshaun Watson as well when he came into the game. They only gave up a buck 10 through the air in week one. Looks like the Jacksonville defense maybe shouldn't be slept on this season. I really like that defense. I like the fact that now they're coming home to take on Tennessee, and I like Jacksonville in this game. I'm going to tell you, Lord help me to take the Jags at home to beat Tennessee. Interestingly enough, the Jags come into this game as the underdog, the home underdog, which we love to bet the home underdogs. Jacksonville is plus a point and a half at home against Tennessee. So I think you should be all over that, especially if that line creeps up any higher, which I think it might. But Jacksonville plus a point and a half, I'm all over that one at home against Tennessee. Total in this game, 43 and a half points. I think I gotta tell you to stay under on it. I don't think Jacksonville's gonna explode for 29 points again. Tennessee is a decent defense. So this, I think, will be a low-scoring game. Defensive battle, a lot of running in this game, and both run defenses, I think, are decent. 43 and a half points. I think it's just a couple too many. So I'm gonna tell you to go under 43 and a half points in Jacksonville, Tennessee. Let's go to Los Angeles now for the first time as the Chargers are going to be at home taking on the Dolphins. Chargers put up a very good effort last night in Denver against the Broncos. They only lost that game by three points and were it not for a blocked field goal late in the game, they would have tied that thing and sent it to overtime. Good performance for the Chargers. Phillip Rivers throws three touchdowns. He's criminally, chronically underrated as far as as a career as a whole maybe not this particular season but for his career as a whole Philip Rivers a criminally underrated guy and I think a lot of it is because of his really stank attitude and the Dolphins of course we don't know what they have because they didn't get to play their week one game they now have to go on the road after being out of that sequence and where Tampa Bay gets at least a little bit of a bump by the fact that they're going to be at home. The fact that Miami didn't get to play that week one game that they were preparing for and then now have to hit the road and cross the country to play the Chargers. I really like Rivers and the Chargers in this one. I'm going to tell you to take the Chargers at home to beat Miami. On the line, Chargers are favored by four points. I thought their defense looked fine last night. Against Denver, I thought the offense looked fine last night. Against Denver, for the most part, Melvin Gordon, another guy that's being criminally underrated, certainly in fantasy, but uh, minus four—that's not too many points for me because we don't know what we're going to get out of Miami and Jay Cutler and that offense. So I like the Chargers minus four in this one at home against Miami. Total in this game is 44.5 points. I'm going to tell you to go over on it. Like I say, Chargers offense, I think, looks good. Be interesting to see what the Dolphins offense is going to be able to bring. They're certainly better rested. They didn't play last week. But they're also going to be still out of that rhythm. I believe they've been in Los Angeles for a while, training and prepping for this game. So, I mean, they don't have to make the trip right now, but they did have to make it earlier. And they're just out of sequence, so it'll be really interesting certainly on the defensive side with miami as well 44 and a half points i'm going to tell you to go over on it in los angeles miami shout out to the snapchat crew bwf underscore 902 we're live snapping as we go to denver where the broncos get to stay at home to take on the cowboys in week two Both of these teams coming off a win in Week 1, Dallas at home and Denver at home. Denver gets to stay there, and you saw last night, especially early in the game, Phillip Rivers and the Chargers really having difficulty with that crowd noise in Denver. Dallas is going to face the exact same problem. That is an incredibly loud building and a huge home field advantage for the Broncos. Denver and Dallas both got it done on the ground in week 1. Denver putting up a buck 40, Dallas putting up the same total as Minnesota, a buck 29. So both of these teams very comfortable running the football run first offenses, but what we can say about Dallas is Dallas has the distinct edge in this game in the past game. Dak Prescott put up 263 on a very good Giants secondary, one of the best in football, at least on paper. He put up 263 on them in week one. Denver and Trevor Simeon could only put up a buck 81 on the Chargers. And it really is the run game where I think this game is gonna be decided, whichever team can have the advantage because both teams were very good at stopping the run in week one now you got to have a caveat with that and saying the giants are not based on being a run first offense so the fact that dallas only gave up let's take a look it was some ridiculously low number 35 yards rushing that doesn't particularly shock me because the giants don't really run the football denver is a team that's going to run the football so it'll be really interesting to see how this dallas run defense is tested in week two Again, I have a lot of question marks about Dallas's secondary, but they're not going to be facing a great pass offense in this one. Really, it comes down to the run game and the situation where it is. And where a run game is relatively close between these two teams, I got to give the edge to the Broncos here and take Denver at home as one of the best, what is it, the best road, or sorry, the best home record in football since, what was it, 1970 or 1980 or some ridiculous stat they put on Monday Night Football last night. But I am going to take the Broncos here. It's a good situation for them. This is going to be a close football game, don't get me wrong. Could come down to the last couple of plays in the fourth quarter. But I like the Broncos straight up to beat Dallas in Denver. On the line, Denver are two and a half point dogs at home against Dallas. Objectively, Dallas from top to bottom, probably the better football team. But Denver is going to be able to pass on them on the offense. The run game obviously is going to be incredible with these two teams. So I really like Denver to win this game. And I like Denver plus two and a half on the line. Total in this game is 43 points. I got to tell you to go under on it in a game that I think is going to heavily, heavily feature The run game. So 43 points, it's not a big number, but I'm still going to tell you to go under 43 points in Denver Dallas. Let's go back to Los Angeles now in a matchup of two teams going in exact opposite directions. You have the LA Rams, who utterly embarrassed the Indianapolis Colts in week one. It was unreal how bad. The Colts were. And I again, that's one of those things where was it the fact that the Rams were that good or the fact that the Colts were just that bad and had no idea what they were doing on the offensive side? The Redskins are going to be coming to town to take on the Rams. And we talked about their game earlier with Philadelphia. Washington looked really bad in that game. Very few bright spots. And now they got to hit the road and go into L.A. Call me a sucker for punishment if you want to. Maybe I still like the Redskins in this game. I'm going to go Washington because, again, I think the Rams game was deceptive based on the fact that they're playing a Colts team that seemed to have no idea what they were doing. I'm not sure the Colts team knew what sport they were playing. It was it was unbelievable how bad they were in that game. So I don't know if it's the fact that the Rams are better than they were last year or it was just because of the opponent. I really think Washington's offense, I know Washington's offense is better than what they showed at home against Philadelphia. They got another really tough defense here in the LA Rams and they don't get to be at home to do it, but I still like the Redskins in this one. I'm going to go Washington over Los Angeles. Rams are three-point favorites at home, but obviously where I like Washington to win the game, I'm going to tell you to go Washington plus three on the line. Total in this game, 46 points. I think it's got to stay under because, again, the Rams offense, we don't really know what the Rams offense is going to be. All we know is that they absolutely destroyed Indianapolis. Washington, their offense is good, but the Rams defense is incredible. A really, really good defense they've got built in Los Angeles. So 46 points, it's kind of starting to ink on that high number. And if it was Washington and another team with a good proven offense, go over on this one all day. But I gotta tell you to go under 46 points in Los Angeles, Washington. For the second week in a row, the Green Bay Packers get to be featured in what will probably be the game of the week, returning to Atlanta to take on the Falcons rematch of the NFC Championship game. Now, in that NFC Championship game last season, the Packers got beaten pretty badly. I believe it was 44-21. This is a different Packers team, certainly with their defense. The defense was one of the most impressive aspects of Week 1 just as a whole. That defense for Green Bay, one of the most impressive revelations of Week 1. They played incredibly well against Seattle. Now, Seattle's offense admittedly did not look that good. But the run defense, especially for Green Bay, it looks like they've really committed to being able to stop the run. Atlanta did not have a good rush attack in week one against Chicago. Atlanta only put up an abysmal 64 yards rushing in that week one game against Chicago. Now, they did do a lot of things right. They were able to get to the quarterback. They got to Mike Glennon but there were some missed tackles there some bad tackling from that Atlanta defense which at times looked really suspect last season got better as the season rolled along so maybe having to play Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in week two not the greatest draw for this Falcons defense Packers offensive line looked pretty good against the Seahawks front seven. Rodgers took a couple of hits, came up limping a couple of times. That, I guess, is remnants of that calf injury, but, I mean, he looked fine. The rest of the Packers looked fine. No real significant injuries coming out of week one. I actually like the Packers here. Uh, it's It would be an upset for sure, but they have to have redemption on their mind after losing the NFC Championship game, a game that was not particularly close. We've certainly seen how the Packers' defense plays at home. Let's see how the Packers' defense is going to play on the road. Because I imagine now that they're back in Atlanta, that Falcons' defense is going to be faster. That's a fast, fast defense. They're going to be better against Green Bay's offensive line. They're probably going to get to Rodgers a few times, but it'll be interesting to see whether their tackling shores up between last week and and this week upcoming, but I like the Packers for the upset. I'm going to take Green Bay in Atlanta to beat the Falcons. Make no mistake about it though, this Atlanta-Green Bay game is probably my least confident pick of the week because this is an absolute coin flip. It's two incredible teams, two teams that should very comfortably be in the NFC playoff race. So if you like Atlanta in this game, I certainly can't blame you. On the line, Atlanta are favored only by two and a half points at home. So obviously, I like Green Bay. I'm going to tell you to go Packers plus two and a half. Total in this game is 53 and a half points. I think I have to go under on it. Not that I don't think there's going to be a lot of passing, because I think there is going to be a lot of passing. Mm, boy, this is, one of those, this is one of those situations where I might be talking myself out of something literally while I'm recording the episode. And I think maybe I actually have... I'm going to change that. We're we're audible-ing live as we record. 53 and a half points. I am going to tell you to go over on it because we have to see how Atlanta is going to run the ball because they didn't run the ball very well. Green Bay's run defense looked really good in week one. So we got to see how the running game is going to work on both sides because, of course, Ty Montgomery, he's almost better suited as a receiver than he is as a running back. Now, they're committed to him. That's what they proved in week one. They're committed to him. I think there is the potential for a lot of points in this game. 53 and a half is a high number. Uh, it's another coin flip. Everything about this game is a coin flip. I'm not going to badger you if you go either way on this one. My gut tells me with two incredible quarterbacks, take the over. So I'm going to go over 53 and a half points in Green Bay, Atlanta. And the final game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week two are the New York Giants' playing host to the detroit lions detroit kicked off their season on the right foot in week one with a come from behind victory to beat arizona 35 to 23 the giants of course falling to dallas in week one and there's no getting around this the giants offense looked horrible in week one against dallas not having odell beckham jr and i think they even said it on the broadcast After watching this game, Odell Beckham Jr.'s agent needs to go to Odell and say, we need to ask these guys for more money. Beckham is definitely the engine that runs the train in New York. In Detroit, you got to look at Matt Stafford. Had an excellent game, led yet another comeback for the Detroit Lions. As Half Moon's picks said in the comments section last week, Stafford, he's pretty darn underrated. Actually, you know what? I don't think that was last week. I think that was in one of the earlier videos, the episode zero videos, whatever. This is actually a really fun matchup for me because Detroit, while they are a very, very good home team on both sides of the ball, on the road, they're not abysmal, but it's a definite drop-off on the road. They're not one of these teams that plays really well on the road, even last season. The Giants were excellent at home last year. One of the big reasons that they had the record last season that they did Odell Beckham is supposed to be back for this game, but you never know. He could still be limited with that high ankle sprain after that nasty hit in the preseason. I'm going to go with the Giants here just situationally based on the fact that they are at home. I don't see a lot of running in this game. I think this is going to be Matt Stafford and Eli Manning all day, every day. You could see a combined 80 pass attempts in this game. The potential is definitely there. But I am going to take the Giants, a bit of a coin flip, but I'll take the Giants at home to beat Detroit. On the line, however, the Giants are favored by five points at home, and I just, I can't go with that. Certainly with the risk that Odell Beckham may still be limited and maybe something of a decoy on a lot of plays just to draw some coverage. I five points is too many as far as I'm concerned Detroit's defense played well in week one certainly towards the latter part of the game after David Johnson went out with his injury but the defense I thought played fine five points too many for me so I'm going to tell you to go Detroit plus five in New York total in this game is actually off there is no total as far as I know at the time of recording we're actually just going to pop on last second check just to make sure that there is no total in this game and no book has a total on this game as of yet so what we're going to do is we're going to say this when the total ultimately does come out if it's 44 or higher i think you've got to take the under But if you get a low number in this game, 41, 42, grab the over because I think there is going to be a lot of pass attempts. And you've got quarterbacks that have been prone to making mistakes in the past. But if you get something like 44, 45, one of those middling numbers, you might want to stick the under on it because you could see... A defensive battle with detroit having a decent defense and the giants having one of the better secondaries in football that's the way we'll go with it in the absence of an actual total in new york detroit all right folks let's do this platinum gold silver and bronze picks for week two in the nfl we're going to start at the bottom with the bronze pick where i'm one and oh straight up and against the spread and oh oh and one with that push on the over under My bronze pick sees the Arizona Cardinals travel to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. And this is just picking on the Colts. And I may be doing this a bunch until Andrew Luck comes back, but it's just picking on the Colts. Even though David Johnson looks like he's going to be out now, probably for the majority of the season, that wrist injury that he suffered against Detroit looks to be worse than they initially thought i believe he had an mri scheduled for either yesterday or today haven't heard anything on the results of that that's a huge part of their offense that is now out the window that said the guy that came in and replaced him and i can't remember the name now right off the top of my head he came in replaced him he played fine Carson Palmer's capable of playing fine. Their receivers are capable of playing fine. And it doesn't look like Indianapolis is capable of playing football. So, you gotta go Arizona in this one. I think Marlon Mack, their rookie running back, fourth round pick out of South Florida, he may be the guy that needs to lead the way in terms of rushing. Because, look, Gore, look, he had 42 yards on 10 carries. That's not terrible. Uh, T.Y. Hilton had 57 yards receiving on three receptions. Look, Scott Tolzien was bad in that game against a really good defense. Arizona's capable of playing some defense. They sure as hell didn't show it last week, giving up 35 points and a bucket load of yardage, especially through the air. But the Colts don't have somebody that can throw the football. There's a guy on the free agent wire that can throw the football a little bit, but let's face it, that ain't gonna happen. An editor's note, if that does happen, I will have all the respect in the world for the Indianapolis Colts because they're in a situation where they need it. If the Colts don't sign, Col- you know what? Here we go, tangent. If the Colts don't sign Colin Kaepernick, they're in a position, they're in such a winnable division. Why would you not? If you're starting quarterback, you know he's going to be out for a while. He's already been ruled out a week two. I would be surprised if we saw Andrew Luck before the middle of the season. Why would you not sign Kaepernick to a one-year deal for pennies? He's better than your other options. Scott Tolzien ain't going to be your starting quarterback. Nobody else on your roster is going to be your starting quarterback. You need a starting quarterback until your starting quarterback is healthy enough to play and contribute at a high level. There is no reason not to sign Colin Kaepernick. Anywho, where was I? Oh, yeah, Arizona's going to win this game, even though they're not very good on the road. Their defense showed it last week, giving up 35 points to, uh, to Detroit. But Arizona's going to win this game. And they should win it in a walk. I like the Cardinals to beat indianapolis on the road in indy indianapolis seven and a half point dogs at home but don't you dare take that line arizona minus seven and a half because indianapolis i don't even know what sport they're playing total in this game is 44 and a half points take the over because it doesn't look like the colts defense is going to be able to stop anybody and arizona is going to be able to play opportunistic defense all damn game because their quarterback doesn't know what they're doing. So. We like Arizona straight up. We like Arizona minus 7.5 over 44.5 points. That's the bronze pick. Let's go to the silver pick now, where once again, I completely whiffed. I'm 0-1 straight up against the spread and over-under. My silver pick sees the Baltimore Ravens playing host to the Cleveland Browns, and for all the same reasons that I said Baltimore was going to beat Cincinnati and they wound up embarrassing them, for all the same reasons is why they're going to beat Cleveland. So I obviously like Baltimore here at home to beat Cleveland. It's a division game. Baltimore owns this division for the most part it's a home game Baltimore owns their home games for the most part so I I don't see a path to Cleveland winning this game Deshaun Kaiser looked fine to me in the game against Pittsburgh the Cleveland offense looked eh. I mean it looked it you know it looked it looked it looked it was there but Baltimore's defense absolutely smothered and destroyed a better offensive team than Cleveland. And it's this exact same situation. Bet the house on the Baltimore Ravens. I like Baltimore straight up to beat Cleveland. On the line, Baltimore favored by seven and a half points at home. I think you have to take that. Not to disrespect Cleveland's defense too, too much, because they did play fine against pittsburgh and again the unorthodox style baltimore's now got a whole week to plan for that so seven and a half points it's not too many as far as i'm concerned i like baltimore minus seven and a half at home against cleveland total in this game 41 points you got to take the over on it because i think baltimore's offense will be able to do something and the defense was certainly dominant and opportunistic against a better quarterback so that's going to probably cause some turnovers 41 points it's not too many for me it's a very low number so i'm going to tell you to go over 41 baltimore straight up to beat cleveland at home baltimore minus seven and a half on the line over 41 points that's your silver pick my gold pick where i'm one and oh straight up but oh and one against the spread and over under sees the oakland raiders now go home to play host to the new york jets and for all the same reasons that the jets got absolutely destroyed well, not really absolutely destroyed but definitely got comfortably beaten in week one they're going to get absolutely destroyed this week going into oakland gonna be the raiders home opener obviously huge expectations for this raiders team this year the offense looked fine against tennessee the defense looked pretty good against tennessee they're playing an offensively inferior opponent this week defense might be a little bit better especially in the secondary but as long as Carr's careful with the football. I don't see any way that the Jets win this game over Oakland all day long. Raiders at home to beat the Jets straight up for the gold pick on the line. The Raiders are favored by 13 points, and I'm actually going to tell you to take that. Um, The Jets did a decent job with Tyrod Taylor in week one, but there's Tyrod Taylor who's down here and then there's Derek Carr who's up here with all the weapons that he has at his disposal. Jared Cook looked fine in his Raiders debut. They've got Marshawn Lynch. He looked all right in his Raiders debut. Michael Crabtree looked incredible in his Raiders, uh, not his Raiders debut, his season debut for the Raiders, I suppose. But look, they all look great. That offense looks like it's clicking 26 points last week. I wouldn't be shocked with 36 points this week. So I like Oakland minus the 13 points total in this game 43 and a half you have to go over on it assuming the jets score any points which i believe they probably will the jets have some weapons i think this thing probably sails over 43 and a half so oakland straight up to beat the jets oakland minus 13 on the line and over 43 and a half points that's my gold pick and the Platinum pick where I'm 1-0 straight up, but 0-1 against the spread and over-unders, the only other game we haven't talked about. The Seattle Seahawks now go home to play host to the 49ers. There was virtually nothing in that San Francisco-Carolina game that made me think that San Francisco was going to come out and beat Seattle, even if the game was in San Francisco, much less if the game is in Seattle with the 12th man. Uh, Seattle all day in this one. I don't really think I have to explain too, too much why that's going to happen it will be interesting to kind of pay attention to seattle's offense and see if there is a problem there offensively or if it was just green bay's defense that kind of got them off track that'll be interesting to see but against the 49ers it should be an absolute show-off game for russell wilson and that seahawks offense i like seattle at home straight up to beat the 49ers On the line, Seattle favored by 12 points. It's two double-digit spreads back-to-back, and I'm going to take them both. I don't see how San Francisco is going to put up much of a fight here in Seattle against the Seahawks, so I'm going to go Seattle minus 12. On the line, the total is 43 points. I like it to go over here. I think Seattle... Again, is going to put on an offensive clinic in this game. I don't see the 49ers having too, too much in the way of resistance. They will probably get some points, but I don't imagine it's going to be a lot. But I still like the total to go over 43. So Seattle straight up to beat San Francisco at home. Seattle minus 12 on the line over 43 points. That is your platinum pick. All right, folks, those are your picks for week two, 2017 NFL season. It's time now for the comment of the week from the week one video. And since I correctly and then incorrectly corrected myself on when exactly the comment made by Half Moon's Picks was about Matt Stafford, the least I can do is make that my comment of the week from the week one video. So the comment of the week from week one goes to Half Moon's Picks. And this is what he said in reference to Matt Stafford. Detroit would be a tumultuous city without Stafford. If not Stafford at the helm for the Lions, then who? A lot of teams would love to have a franchise QB, and we got one. Martha Ford was quoted, give him what he wants. He gets 15.1% of the cap, which is 1% more than Derek Carr, and Stafford hasn't missed a game since 2010. That's good enough for me, considering he's the best QB in Lions history, surpassing bobby lane who passed away before matt was even born as a diehard lions fan since 1975 i'm a huge fan of matt stafford and so glad we didn't let him get away (coughs) kong su love the show and devoted fan forever thanks for the great content so that is some excellent excellent insight from a lifelong lions fan about matt stafford and what he means to that franchise congratulations half moons pick stephen coleman yours is the comment of the week from the week one video all right folks that's going to do it for the week two episode we're going to get you out of here on my cfl picks for week 13 in the cfl season between weeks 11 and 12 wasn't the greatest showing for my picks only went three and five for those two weeks but now we're down to just handling single weeks as they come which is much more convenient Week 13 in the CFL. I like the Hamilton Tiger Cats at home to beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I like the Edmonton Eskimos on the road to beat the Toronto Argos. I like the Calgary Stampeders at home to beat the BC Lions. And I like the Montreal Alouettes at home to beat the Ottawa Rough Riders. Oh, Rough Riders. Jeez. Ottawa Red Blacks. Sorry about that. It used to be the Ottawa Rough riders, And I guess I just had some nostalgia in my brain those are the cfl picks for week 13 in the cfl season that's it for me justin bridgewater's finest on youtube blockbuster underscore guy on twitter bwf underscore 902 on snapchat make sure you also subscribe to the hatbox nation to get my finest nfl parlays for week two and beyond this nfl season thank you so much for tuning in you know you have no idea how much I appreciate it and how much it means to me. And we'll see you again in week three. Enjoy the football and take care.